<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Ladies and gentlemen, record geeks, retired plate spinners, and millennials who want to impress their parents with their record collections. Welcome to the Rhino Cast Podcast, brought to you by Rhino Records. Get ready for new releases, deep tracks, and conversations with your favorite artists and bands, and balloons for the kiddies. And now, your hosts with the most, Rich Mahan and Dennis the Menace. On this episode of the Rhino Podcast, executive producer John Hughes speaks with singer Wayne Coyne about the 20th anniversary of the Flaming Lips, The Soft Bulletin. Be- Hey, Rich. Hey, Dennis. I am willing to bet you are doing your favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, I'm a big fan of Rhino.com. It's no secret. Me too. There's so much great information on there, of course. We've got a featured artist. You can go in and look. There's a release breakdown on the artist. There's playlists. There's articles about different releases. So you can really get more info and learn more about the artists that you love. There's Album of the Day, which is something that you can sign up for on your email, and it just comes right into your inbox every day. There's a short essay laying out why that album's worth your time. There's links to listen to your on your favorite streaming platform. And you can also browse through all the past albums of the day while you're there. It's pretty cool. Then, I'm hip to the trip. I'm telling you what. And then there's exclusives, rhino.com. There's releases there that you can't get anywhere else. So you got to go check it out. There's so much cool stuff coming up, including the new Van Halen Japanese Singles 7-inch vinyl box set. All of the stuff that was released in Japan from the Roth era of Van Halen and rock and roll fans are going to dig it. But in today's episode of the Rhino Podcast, Dennis, why don't you tell us what we have? We have John Hughes, our executive producer, and Wayne Coyne. Yep, that man who is in the giant bubble from the Flaming Lips. It's the 20th anniversary of the Soft Bulletin, and they're touring behind it. But this record was released in 1999 after one of their weirder records and has singles like Race for the Prize and Waiting for Superman. And it's been named the album of the year from everybody from the NME to Rolling Stone. It's iconic. I'm sure that Wayne had a truckload to say about this record. Wayne has a lot of stories. And we want to welcome Wayne to the Rhino Podcast. We're here to talk about the 20th anniversary of the Soft Bulletin. Yes, indeed. Yes. Cool. So it's 1999, right? You've got your ninth record coming up. You're coming off of Zyrica. Am I saying that right? 
You are indeed, yep. Mm-hmm. So you've got this wild experimental record, and then you have this really layered, intricately arranged album that's kind of a change. Did you feel it was a, a conscious change, or is that just where you guys were going? Well, you say that the Zyrica record is an experimental record, and that's, you know, that's kind of an understatement in a way. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> You know, for people that don't know what that record is, but it came out at the time when most records came out on CD. The format that we put Zarika out in was four CDs that were meant to be not like four CDs, like The Clash does Sandinista, where it's a three, you know, three album, three CD set. This is four CDs that share eight tracks and it's meant to be played on four separate cd players all at the same time it's even hard for me to imagine how we convinced ourselves that we should do this but you do that's what that's what you do and and so coming off of zyrica we were sort of throwing songs in a pile that didn't work for the zyrica thing that weren't working for the four cd thing and these would end up being uh like a race for the prize the first song off soft bulletin and the and the spoonful weighs a ton the second song you know all these were rejects from our higher higher concept Hmm. but when we put it out when we put the soft bulletin out you know it felt to us like just another you know weird experimental record we just happened to change sounds and we were using you know sort of digital orchestration as our new experiment our new emotional format which to us felt like a new frontier but now i don't see it as an experimental record i see it as really like a song oriented it doesn't go off the rails into a six-hour noise fest like some flaming lips music does you know so by our own standards you're exactly right there's one of the crazy experimental things that we've ever done then right next to something that feels like somewhat normal classic music and it seemed to cause a chain reaction You mentioned the emotional aspect of it. There was a lot going on at the time, personally. I think everybody, by the time you get to be in your late 30s or something, you, know, you probably have similar situations where, I mean, my father had died of cancer in 1996. I do say I think it's a fairly normal thing for mm-hmm. adult men to lose their parents. But, you know, in a way, I think that's why the soft bulletin I, th- I think that's why it works. I might belong to the first generation of people that didn't have to worry about going off to war and going off to Vietnam and stuff like that. I was born in 1961. And so, you know, by the late 70s, all that's said and done. And I'm living the most uninterrupted, luxurious, free, freak life probably that anybody could have lived up until that time, unless you were an insanely wealthy person or something, you know, not that we're wealthy, but I just never had any interruption of anything coming in and saying, you can't just sit around and make music and art. Right. And I think my father dying when I was 35 or 36, this was the first brutal reality, like stop in my life up until then. 
And it's not just me. Stephen is feeling this same confrontation. And Dave Fridman, our producer, is also feeling that. So you've got three creative kind of intense entities all searching for the same not answer, but, you know, another version of what is life now. To me, it was like, if life really is this brutal, painful, horrible thing, what have I been playing at? You know, what does all this other stuff mean? What do I do? You know, do I stop loving that intensely so, I, so I'm never so emotionally destroyed again? You know, I think that's what the softball is saying. It's like, what do I do? wasn't the flaming lips and it wasn't me and it wasn't Stephen or Dave Fridman deciding what the answer would be. I think the music decided what the answer would be. And I think at the end of, even for ourselves, at the end of making the South Pole, then it felt like this is an optimistic record. Mm -hmm. This, you know, just despite it being this heavy cosmic upheaval storm, it's actually very optimistic. The people that are making this, they're struggling, but they're, they're getting through it. And I think for us, it even surprised us at the end to say, man, I think we found our answer. I don't know if, if the answer is, is an answer you can know without the music being there. The soft bulletin, even as a title, it's gentle. I think that's the main flow that we all contributed to, you know, myself and with Dave Fridman and with Stephen, all of us navigating this funny little feeling you know, it's not like, oh man, I went through something heavy. I sort of went through the normal heavy stuff that everybody does. And I was lucky to be in a place where I could really spend a lot of time finding out through this music and through our art, what that could sound like. Put in all the clothes you washed away. As you're Suddenly, everything has changed. You took something and worked through it. And there's a quote from you out there saying that you thought by getting so personal that no one was going to be able to relate to the record. Is that an accurate quote? Well, you know, that's, that's the funny, embarrassing thing about it. You know, it's like you think when you're being absolutely honest, uh, you're embarrassed about the way you feel. And of course it's not cool and all these other things about it, but then you come to find out that's exactly what is cool and why anybody else would want to listen to it. It doesn't mean that doesn't have imagination and all those things connected to it, but I, I know that's, it's a funny, it's a funny, funny thing, you know, especially when you're willing to talk about, that sort of internal pain and that kind of pain from loss or that kind of pain from that confrontation with the world is different than I thought it was. And it's probably one of the reasons why there is so much 
great emotional music out there. It's like, it's a pain, you know, that you just have to keep addressing to find out how you're going to go on from there. At the time when we made it, and even after it came out, you know, I, I would be slightly embarrassed about it, you know, it, because you're, you kind of delve into it so much that you can say, I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what anybody feels. But then you come out of that, you know, and a year later, you're kind of like, it's uncomfortable. But I think that's exactly why it works and yeah. why I think it, it speaks to people. Yeah. I was glad that it didn't destroy you. How sad that would be. Because if it destroyed You know, and for me, I would have always thought, you know, when you when you're in the young and you're you want to be an artist and all this, like you know, no one's like me. You know, I'm 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 unique. I'm you know, I'm my own trip, whatever you know. And I think I did quite like dissolving into this is this is what normal people think. This is what normal people go through. This is this is what normal life is. And part of me was relieved that oh i'm i'm joining the ranks of everybody here and i'm not standing away from them saying oh you fools you know that's the way your life is going to be and i'm special or whatever and i was i was glad for that i didn't know i was going to be glad for that but i was glad for that because in that normalness you start to realize well everybody parents die everybody has lost a father or a mother you know and i want to be with them because they've gone through it you know i want to know what they have to say about it because they've gone through it i don't want to stand on my own and say no one knows my pain you know no one knows what i've been through i want to stand with people that have been through it and say yeah it's 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 tough to get through and that understand it and so you know it's all it's all that stuff you know i think all that you know without music and all that stuff going with it 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 can sound kind of hokey or whatever, but when when the music from the soft Bolton is kind of there with you saying these things, I mean, I listen to it still. It's just, it's just such a... I don't remember exactly how we made it so so good. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, at the time you at the time you hear all these things, you're like, oh, you know, what what are we doing here? What are we doing? But I hear it now, and I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, they they, they made a great record. I say they because it's a long time ago for us as people now. You once also said that, you know, talking about making it, your favorite instrument was the recording studio. Was that the case here? Well, yeah. And I think in that, especially in that time when we were going from, you know, we'd already made quite a few records, but all those were made, you know, kind of in the old fashioned way where you, everything went to a big tape and everybody stood around the mixing desk and we were starting to have get kind of tired of that. There are times when we were mixing, you know, previous albums, five or six of us, seven of us, eight of us around the mixing desk, all having to do these very 
what we thought were important and intricate moves, everybody doing them by hand, everybody hoping to get them right, kicking in effects and all these things on the fly. And I think it's a marvelous, intense way to work. But it's just as dudes get more intense and you get older or whatever, you know, you just kind of get frustrated. And this this soft bulletin record, you know, it came at the exact time when Dave Fridman, his, he was starting his studio, our producer Dave Fridman was starting his studio and is becoming a, a digital, you know, computer run, not exclusively, but some of it was. And we were going more of that way so that you could do more things and you could have more details than you could ever think of, of you know, than just mixing it by hand on a desk like we we had done previous to that and i think i was just elated that you could get so detailed with it you know little fades of of instruments could go down other things could come up and these things you know if i thought could we ever have mixed that in the old school kind of way the old school kind of way we would sometimes do a hundred different passes of a song Mm. um, not all in the same day or anything but we would just mix and mix and mix and and in the end, just get kind of destroyed by the process. And you're so sick of it and you're so frustrated by it that you say, well, it's good enough. And I think, blessing to some of those now, I think they're amazing. But I think because the perfect timing of us going into a new way of making music, a new type of music, and a new way to record it with the new studios, you know, and now everybody, you know, is, is working. The computer's doing half the work for you, you know. But right. that was all that, I think, just came at the exact right time. We wanted to get more intense and more detailed and the computer software and all that stuff just like was invented just for us to make the soft Bolton. That's the way I feel. Were you urged by the U.S. Warner Bros. label to remix the record to make it more, quote, commercial? Or were you involved in that at all? Because there's a difference between the U.K. and the U.S. versions. Well, you know, we never felt like we didn't want them involved, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it's, it's the other way around. You know, artists want to say, leave us alone. We just want to do our thing. We don't care what you think about it, you know. But we always did. And we most of the time, they would hear what we're doing and just be like, man, this is just, this is so cool. Like, you know, and, and encourage us and, and, and want it to work. And by the time we were oh, probably, you know, maybe halfway through with, soft bulletin you know we started to think you know are there some like reasonably successful commercial producers out there who would wouldn't mind remixing some of these so we could just see is could could any of this sound more commercial because it wasn't something that dave fridman or steven and i felt like we knew anything about and we were the ones that kind of were pushing for that and we went off and did some mixes with this wonderful, I mean, I can't tell you how great of an experience we had with Peter Mockburn. And he had just come off of mixing those first very successful R. Kelly records. Mm-hmm. He had worked with Prince. He would worked with Michael Jackson. Really a great, like, commercial R&B guy. And we went to see him in Chicago. He just had a couple of days he could spend with us. And we showed up, and he was listening to the couple of tracks, The Race for the Prize and Superman, the ones that he remixed. And he said, you know, I don't know what I would do to this because this is so great and so perfect, which makes you feel right. just 
he, you know, he's, he's, he's worked with Prince and Michael Jackson. And instead of him saying, Oh, this is too weird or whatever. Yeah. He's saying, man, this is just so great. This is, this is, and he said, but I have to do something because you guys are paying me to do something <laughs> to it. And, and so he not begrudgingly, but I mean, he went and did stuff, but none of us ever thought, Oh, that made it better or made it worse. We were really glad to be there with him and see him sort of so, you know, effortlessly say, well, we can do this and we can do that. But I think he always let us be aware that's like, you've got a really great album here. And there's, it's not about, you know, the, I can mix it. Yeah. And you guys can mix it, but you've got this great thing. And I think the things that he showed us there, we did go back at the very end of the soft Bolton mixes. And we did do some tweaking that, you know, I think with him, letting that happen or encouraging us or, or showing us that, you know, your music isn't that fragile. You can change some things and it's still going to be great. We still owe a lot of that to him kind of opening our minds to that. And he's, he's still great. He's still a very funny, you know, cool guy. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that we ran into him. And so, you know, a lot of people would think, Oh, you know, you, you had to stick to your guns and make sure no one messed it up. And it really was not that way at all. You know, once we, we were open to things and I think the, the person we ran into was probably the most perfect person to help us. It took America a little bit to warm up to the record, but it was a hit in the UK almost immediately. They, they really glommed onto it there. Right. I think this Mercury Rev album, the Deserter Songs album, and the Soft Bold, and I think are just a couple of months, you know, behind each other or in front of each other, you know. And Mercury Rev were already having a little bit of success. And then their Deserter Songs, you know, a couple of songs on that were being played on radio quite a bit at that time. Like a lot of times in England and with the BBC, you know, they, they like to be like, well, this is new from America. And then so is this. And the records are similar in, in a lot of ways, you know, same producer, same studios. And some of the guys in Mercury Rev have played on Flaming Lips records. And some of the guys in Mercury Rev, Jonathan Donahue was in the Flaming Lips. So it's all very much, you know, like if you like this, maybe you'll like that. While their record was, you know, being people were liking it, I sort of snuck in there and was being liked along with it. It just never would have occurred to us that people would have liked this kind of somber, you know, sad music. And they did. You know, at first, we just were not in the mindset of being, we just weren't used to people accepting it, you know. And, and the people even back then would say things like, oh, I think this is an important record. And we'd say, oh, no, it's, it's not. It's just a record. Don't worry about it, you know. And it just was not, we just were not in the mindset to do anything about that, you know, and we were already moving on to recording Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots. I mean, to us, right. it was like, well, we, we just make records, you know, we're not really, we're not really the spokespeople for this record that we made, you know, we just make it and then it's, you know, you go, go listen to it. I don't know what to tell you, you know. I mean, if you would have told me in 1999, 20 years from now, Wayne, you're going to be talking about this record, I, I would have said, no, no, I mean, I'd, <laughs> You know, I just would have thought it that's too much. 
And I think it's because we were used to things being overhyped and things being popular only because they're popular. You know, we, we had our own cynicism, you know, to get over or whatever. And, you know, and so by the time it started to sort of work in America, it was a good amount of working. You know, I would never, I would never have wanted to sell 10 million copies, you know, in a week. It's just that sort of thing just derails everybody involved. It's too much. No one can comprehend stuff like that. And so the success that the soft Bolton sort of settled into, it was reaching like music people. It wasn't reaching teenagers. The right people. You know, hitting the right people. Yeah. Which, you know, in the beginning you say stuff like that and it feels very pompous or whatever, you know, but to me, I was starting to get these reactions from people, even when we would play and they would be these sort of these stories of like, yeah, my, you know, my sister, you know, died of cancer or my brother recovered from cancer, you know, so half of them would be really horrible things and half the stories would be these really triumphant things. And I started to see, oh, I, I know what you're talking about, you know, but I think if, if it would have been too successful or something, that little delicate thing that it gives to the listener, I think it could have been lost. And I think we were very lucky that just, you know, moment by moment, by little by little, it reached people without hype. It just reached them because they had a, a longing to hear this thing. And so in that way, I could have never written a better map of how it could go into the universe and really, really mean something. really did queue up Yoshimi and Do You Realize, though, which had that big mass effect that you're just talking about avoiding. Do you realize, even when we made it, you know, you, you kind of have to be in the flow of making things mm-hmm. to make something that's really, that really works, you know? And so I don't think we were thinking that Do You Realize had this special message more than anything else that we were doing, you know? We liked it and we knew that revisiting that line, do you realize, you know, do you realize this? Do you realize that? And if you realize that, then this is, that means this or whatever. But it sort of had this little thing about it. And again, it sort of latched on in a way that we, I don't know if we are ready for that either. You know, it kind of is heavier than something that you want to say, yeah, we, we did that on purpose. You know, it almost kind of has to happen, you know, while you're not looking. Most of it is the listener making it work it's not it's not the makers of the music and, and all that you know right. certainly we made it you know it, it does something to 10 people and then because it's done that to 10 people it can do that to 50 people and once it's done it to 50 people it can do it to 500 people and you know and it just sort of it starts to have a meaning of its own you know it's kind of like the song happy birthday in a way hmm. it's the most ridiculous song ever but it's so perfect and so right and so usable well, this is the song everybody knows, so let's just use it. The more you use it, the more it, the more perfect it becomes, you know. And, you know, people would talk about, oh, we got married to Do You Realize. You know, we used that when we walked down the aisle. And we, at my mother's funeral last week, we played that at the end of that. You know, when my, when my daughter was born, we used it there. And so it's like, it's doing that same thing again. You know, when you're a songwriter, 
to have songs that do that, you know, that's the pinnacle. That is the top thing mm -hmm. that a song can do. I'm sort of glad that we only have a few of them because it's, you know, it's like I, I would not want to go up there every night and just sing two and a half hours of, you know, songs that everybody's using when their mother died. Right. <laughs> but yeah, those sorts of things, I think every artist would want it to happen, but, you know, it kind of has to happen on, on its own. Yeah. Have you seen the lenticular for the 20th anniversary edition of the song? Oh, yet? I've not seen it in real life. So everyone well, listening to this podcast has no idea what I'm showing you right now, but I'm just showing <laughs> you to get your reaction. And I just wanted you well, to see it. Well, it, it is, it's actually better than I thought it was going to be. That's amazing. Well, Where do you see it in person? I know I really want yeah, we're gonna, yeah, I I really want one. I've not seen I've not seen it in person. It's the first time I've seen it. Great, we wow. will get you that for the audience. That's a yeah. I don't know how familiar people are with even that term lenticular, but um, you can explain it. It's like a three D flat version of the album that's kind of given a treatment to make it three D. So when you tilt it, remember the old baseball cards you used to be at the cereal box? <laughs> that's a three D effect. And the twentieth anniversary edition of the Soft Bulletin coming out from Vinyl Me Please. It's beautiful. Oh, it's Got an it's art stunning. print. Thank you for showing that to me. Yeah, thank you. Got a little print out of your art print that you provided, which was the single sleeve in the UK for um, Race for the Prize. Yeah, I think. Race for the Prize. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Without yeah, the without the so. typography, so you have the the unadulterated. Oh man! Art. So man, well, thank you for showing me that. I, 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 I'm, I'm glad you had it there. Thank you again for doing this with us, and hopefully we will talk soon for the 20th anniversary edition of Yoshimi. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you. All right. Yeah. If you didn't know much about the Soft Bulletin, you sure do now. That Wayne coin, he sure knows how to spin a tale, write lyrics, and most definitely challenge us every time he puts out a record. Thanks very much for tuning in. Don't forget to listen and subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss the next Rhino podcast. Executive producer for Rhino Entertainment, John Hughes. Produced for Rhino Entertainment by Pop Cult and Rich Mahan Promotions. All rights reserved.